I V M. Hi, welcome to a show about crypto. Today's episode, I have joining me Mr. Vivekanand Ramgopal, who is the vice president and co-head of ECS Financial Solutions. Welcome to the show, uh, Vivek. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Rohan. Good to be here. I'm actually very excited about today's conversation because uh, one thing that's happened, and I mean, I think this is a natural consequence of where the conversation is right now. But a lot of our conversations around the blockchain have focused largely and specifically on cryptocurrency. The thing I'm curious to talk to you about is block the intersection of blockchain and the Internet of Things. So first, to start off with, given that that you know way more about this than I do, if you could just tell our listeners what the Internet of Things is before we lay out how blockchain can help the Internet of Things. Yeah, let let me make an attempt at that. See, I mean, we use all kinds of things day to day. Right, all kinds of devices, and the number of devices that we are using are increasing with each day. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, these devices being connected to the internet in simple terms is the Internet of Things. That means that you can control these devices through the internet. You can switch them off, switch them on. You can set the temperature. You can start your car from inside your house, etc., etc. Because both you and the device are connected to the same network. Right, so that's one way control. The second right. is that you can share data. Now, when you share data, uh, what that means is that it can it can be all kinds of things. It can be usage patterns. Uh, it can be about uh, you know ambience uh, around that device, based on which the behavior of the device can also tune itself. So this right. is a uh, this is what you could call in, in layman's terms a very basic way in which you can define what is Internet of Things and why they are connected. Of course, in in business terms, this expands significantly. It comes to you know supply chain, movement of parts, movement of goods, uh, tracking what is uh, you know getting shipped, tracking um, or for for example automobile components that go from different uh, places to a manufacturing assembly line, uh, tracking maybe uh, mangoes that go from the farm. To the shop and how that, long it that takes. That was actually going to be my next question. When 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 right. I get a tracking number from my package and I'm yeah. looking at it and it tells me that oh it was in Gurgaon and now it's gone to Hyderabad and now it's coming to Bhivandi. Is that technically just the Internet of Things at work? It 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 can be right. Today a lot of that is done manually. Okay. When, for example, uh, you know when a post office gets a package, right? The good old fashioned speed post way. For example, passport you get everywhere that it moves. Somebody picks up that package. They punches. They punch something in, saying that this package has been received by this dispatch center. So all that happens. When it's Internet of Things, for example, when you have mangoes is a good example because we all in India love mangoes. But all over the world we love mangoes, but we in India yeah. make mangoes. We this grow mangoes. No, and, yeah. and I think we can say that I think Indians love mangoes per capita a little more than other countries. A little more we, than we, other. We reorient our lives around mangoes in the summer. Yes, yes, and and the mango tastes different depending on where it is grown and what water is there, what soil is there, which means that you you can call a mango what you want, but it will taste what it should only if it comes from a particular place, that weather, that soil, that water. True. Right. So that's where Internet of Things matters because then you know that consignment of mangoes has been grown in that place and has moved from point A to point B. That's the part that you can track, right? This applies to all kinds of luxury goods naturally because they get counterfeited like crazy. But yes, that originality is something in a supply chain. So what what is uh, what does tracking in a supply chain do? 
it gives you an idea about how much time it takes from point a to point b that nobody is tampering with it in the middle that nobody has stopped the truck in the middle and done something with it and it doesn't take too much time is it 3 days old 4 days old 10 days old so that's one aspect and then of course there's a very powerful aspect on blockchain when it comes to this when you put blockchain and internet of things together you know that's the next stage of what internet of things can do so it's interesting you mentioned like a truck getting stopped or a part getting tampered with etc so in terms of the current sort of internet of things ecosystem what are some vulnerabilities that exist that say blockchain specifically could solve because my one understanding is that internet enabled devices like smart fridges etc are a a little more susceptible to things like ddos attacks or are essentially the weakest link in your sort of private network potentially how does blockchain address some of these vulnerabilities and issues that we currently have yeah see rohan let me split this answer into multiple parts all right first is on when it's internet of things the way it is now it is not secure right, right. the data that you have now it's a question of how personal that data is if it's a fridge and it tells what all you eat then there is a certain level of privacy that gets invaded people will get to know which you know what what when when your orange juice gets exhausted you may not want anybody oh, to no, know that. i i want to be right. very clear about this people are welcome to see my browser history but they cannot see what's in my fridge right. yeah and 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 then comes where all you go i don't know who all you want want to know where you go right so True. if your car is wired and four things in your car are wired and somebody can track where all you go i mean it can be anybody including the government you know do we want everybody to track where all we go and you know do, do we want alerts when we go somewhere do we want to be sold to when we go somewhere i guess not and sure. most importantly we want to decide that we don't want someone else to decide how our data is used i think we want to decide how our data is used now that's where blockchain has multiple applications which are very powerful right the first thing is that if somebody hacks into the blockchain then every node in that blockchain they will get to know of that almost immediately right because the data changes so you can you can program such that as soon as there is an invasion a hack into one node of the blockchain the other nodes start shutting themselves down so that the original data is still protected right right it's it's a um, uh, you know let me let me explain this in layman's terms right what oh. is a blockchain in a blockchain every block or every node has a copy of the same information right that's why it is tamper proof because you cannot change the information in one place and hack it and modify if you hack it and if the other nodes shut down then the original information is still protected in the other nodes from which you can recover it and recopy it it's right. like having an original copy of the document and having five copies in five different houses with brother sister brother in law so that if one is stolen or hacked you still have the other copy sure so that's the protection you get in a blockchain right every node has got a copy of the right information so nobody can just tamper with one node so it's almost tamper proof right that's that's quite cool i mean and that and that's significantly more tamper proof than the current system for sure absolutely absolutely right currently you just have to hack in one place that's it that's true here you would have right. to try and hack multiple places and it essentially Hundreds. i mean how many Hundreds nodes are you nodes. going to hack beyond a point and exactly exactly right and that's the tamper proof part 
Number two, the data is in one place. So if your data gets captured on a blockchain, then there is a way, what you call as permissioned blockchain. Right? Okay. So what it means is that you can tell which data is available for whom. Unlike okay, the how internet, does that work? Would you be able to explain that to me with an example? So, so for example, uh, you know, let's say that you have your car which is connected to the internet. Right? Okay. Now, as it is already half our cars are advertising about being connected to the internet, they don't tell how they use the data. Right? In fact, That's they are true. selling it as cool. Just like half the things on the internet are free and we don't know how we are giving our data away. Yeah, that's right? true. Or not half, 98% is free. Yeah, right? half is a very uh, conservative uh, estimate. Yeah. Half is a wildly Almost conservative everything, estimate. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, so let's say you have a car, right? And a connected car. I'm just taking layman's examples. It's, of course, much more sophisticated when it is business to business. But if you would say that the data in my car is only available for the automobile manufacturer, only available for this or that garage, where I have a service contract so that they will know if my car is going to have an oil problem. Right. Or this or that tire shop so that they will know if I have a flat tire. And nobody else. Right? That nobody else could include include your in-laws. It could include anybody. It's just that, you know, it, it's, it's your decision, right? Who you want to know. Instead of saying that when my car is connected, Everyone starting from Google to Facebook to everybody in the world has some access to where I went, where I filled diesel, whether I have diesel or petrol, where all do I travel and when where I park. I mean, why should everybody know it's, that? It's a bit of a dystopian nightmare, to be fair. It, yeah, it really mean, is. Let's just, you know, if I take my teenage daughters, in fact, I don't think they want me to know where they have parked my car. When they That's take it and true. go out, they, they don't want That's me to true. know. Forget. Yeah. So that's the fact. And, and we need to respect that, right? We need to respect that because you don't want everybody to know where you went, you know, for whatever reasons, good and bad. But that's still privacy, right? So you, that's you, where blockchain can help because you can say that this data, I am only going to make it available to A, B, C. And that's it. That's the IoT plus blockchain part. I think just by mentioning the fact that you respect the privacy of teenagers and your kids, you've, I think, become our listeners' most favorite guest already. It doesn't matter what you say <laughs> on the rest of this episode. You have become our listeners' favorite guests oh, already. I wish, uh, I wish my kids thought the same. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> you know what? Just make them listen to an episode of this pod, this particular episode of this podcast and they'll think that. Yeah. All right. We're in conversation with Vivekanand Ram Gopal about the Internet of Things and blockchain. We're going to take a short break, after which we will be right back with more internet, more things, more blockchain. And we're back on a show about crypto where we are in conversation with Vivekanand Ram Gopal about the internet of things and the potential for blockchain. The other question I have is, uh, my understanding when we were doing research for this episode is that the internet of things as it stands currently also has certain scalability issues because of bottlenecks that ensue as more and more and more things or devices connect to the internet, uh, how does blockchain sort of mitigate or help solve for those bottlenecks? Is is there an answer there? Not really, Rohan, to be okay. honest. Right? Scale comes with stretching capacity. Right. Right. What is the problem with scale? That somebody's got to invest. Yes. So nobody invests way ahead of need. Right. Right. Investment True. in hardware particularly will come only when there is a need. 
just in time right now what the scale will get adjusted blockchain right. will not help with scale what it will help with is that the data is there only once in one place in the blockchain right it's not like floating all over right, right. Uh, a, a financial example of that a not so cool example is our kyc that we all do in so many different places we do right. one in the bank one with our mobile phone company one with the supermarket one with a b c insurance but it can all be in one place and on a blockchain so that alone means that instead of having 10 15 20 copies of the same thing you have one copy which itself will take off so much of the data overload in the system that's true that's where blockchain can help the other aspect is that there's huge amount of research in this because uh, i think we are all anticipating that there will be a massive explosion of usage of the internet by various devices and the resultant explosion of connectivity and uh, what you could call uh, you know data over overload so, right. so there is research going which will take care of the of the rest the 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 biggest impact that will come that will provide scale and elasticity i think is more cloud than blockchain or any right. other aspect as we as we use the cloud to to get bandwidth as we use the cloud to get more processing power right i think everybody now understands more memory is needed more power is needed thanks to mobile phones and everybody advertising so how do we get that if we get it from the cloud then there it is available almost instantly available on demand and there is elasticity so that's a so if you put cloud together blockchain a level of intelligence and analytics and the privacy and permission then you've got a, a number of things that come together including ai they all come together to what a lot of people have started calling us web 3.0 right 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 so that's that's becoming more and more used nowadays in in parlance but but it's the combination of these factors that creates the next generation of the internet which is what is web 3.0 so that also has a as a side effect on what uh, how iot and blockchain can work so vivek could you shed some light about existing iot crypto protocols like iota for example yeah i think um, see what we need to keep in mind when we look at something like iota or later technology right is that um, you know how do we how do we use the blockchain but do it in a way in which the protocol is very different from how the current uh, let's say bitcoin mining and such aspects work i think that is an area where not just iota there are a number of uh, you know number of us including all of us who are working on it um there is a perception that the only way to use blockchain is to is the way bitcoins are mined and that uh, right. that raises the hackles of lot of people who are uh, worried about the environment and and then that also leads to some of the questions which we have been speaking about like the amount of power that is needed the energy and the processing power etc which is what iota tries to address uh, it comes uh, it, it it's a, it's a, you could say it's a protocol in technology terms like tcp ip or how the internet was created in which you facilitate communication but you do it in a very you could say data light manner right and it has the promise to become one of the technologies for iot right it's it's very difficult to say to look into the future and say which will be the only one or which will be the main one uh, you know it's taken a number of it takes a number of years to establish the type of standard so uh, that that's how i would describe iota and other emerging standards for this 
but what what we also do in some of these cases is we try to create we we have solutions not try to create we have solutions that create interoperability right there will be different standards that will emerge from various parts of the world and that's our learning from the last 40 50 years of using all kinds of things from video cassettes to all of that right if you have two three standards you cannot yeah. interoperate so True. we are creating a facility for interoperability so that uh, when you have multiple protocols you can go move from one to the other that is equally important it's it's amazing how everybody got that memo except apple for their chargers and countries for their plug points <laughs> it's it's amazing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> apple But, is now finally trying to do something about usb c right i think yeah i think also finally. because they got pressurized in europe right finally europe, where yes. uh, i think the european standard said there's enough of this nonsense just get on the usb c train there's there's absolutely yes. no reason for you to be yeah. doing this but uh, fingers crossed fingers crossed do you know of any interesting work that's already happening in the iot space in on the blockchain I, i'll Or give you some examples from what we are doing what we have done okay sure yeah right? for example we have done a we have done a project in singapore on on our solution quads on blockchain right so what we've done is uh, you've got these solar panels and there is a connection from the solar panel through the internet to our blockchain the solar so, panels so the okay so so what you generate as you could say green energy and the credit that you get for that in the form of uh, energy certificates is tracked from its source so if okay. you have generated 10 megawatts you cannot claim 20 or 100 ah got it it is tracked at the source and that is your environment friendly points you get or credits you get against your bills etc okay and that is you can't basically tamper with it Like you can't tamper with it, and the credits you get are against it. So nobody can tamper with it, including businesses. So so it's a like solar, you know, similarly wind yeah. and other aspects, right? Uh, right? Because it's a very sensitive area where for you to be, you know, zero carbon or carbon neutral, as it becomes more and more prominent, mm -hmm. uh, the utility in Singapore, they we worked with them so that we have created this system. The data is then instantly on the blockchain. No one can touch it after that. that's fantastic that's a real world example green is very much a hot topic today green energy is very much an in thing this is a little bit ahead of the market i'm sure as we look into the future lot of what we do in terms of energy metering green energy will all happen like this including in our homes wow that's actually kind of comforting to know one final question for you is that this is an interesting future to aspire towards but what are some of the challenges that we're going to experience trying to sort of migrate the internet of things onto the blockchain more and more and more like like you mentioned one is of course scalability will always be an issue because it will require investment are there any other challenges that you foresee a lot of systems have to change right uh, because right. Um, in in everything that we have spoken about right it can be on supply chain it can be on uh, you know agro produce farming uh, automobiles uh, airplanes you know there are yeah. hundreds of existing uh, systems software so you need yeah. to plug this aspect into each one of those right um, you know there's a lot of integration involved in that yeah. uh, so what we are doing also is we are trying to make it easy to plug in just this small bits of 
code that you need into these systems so that you can integrate current systems onto that blockchain. If I were to go and tell everybody that you build completely new systems and you do new IoT, put that on a blockchain, I mean, how many years is that going to take and how many it's true. millions and billions of uh, rupees and dollars is that going to take? Nobody will want to do that. So and that's I think this the is challenge. The thing, I think this is the thing that a lot of people forget is that every time, every time a new technology is announced, everybody's first reaction is, why aren't we using this? And I think people don't realize that it actually takes, and not just corporations, it takes any kind of organization, not just years, but sometimes decades to overhaul systems, right? Because yeah. it's everything from technology to cost. Like I was reading an article uh, recently about how no one would sleep well at night if they knew how many of the world's uh, defense systems were running on DOS or Windows versions from <laughs> 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. It, it is going oh, to be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. See, it's like in a, in a small IT terminology, if I would uh, say, we call it as the problem of coexistence, right? When something new comes, you it cannot ca- come in an island. We cannot oh, create right. islands of new technologies. They have to coexist and integrate and work with existing technology, right? For example, the switches in our home. Can we just one day remove all of them and replace all of them and make it all wired with each other. I mean, it will be good to do, but it will be such a messy thing. Would we really want to do that? And, you know, um, there is a uh, there is still uh, a benefit of having a tactile switch versus just a yeah. touch. We want to press up and down. There is a value to that, right? And, and it helps people who are disadvantaged in multiple ways. So that element is very often forgotten when we try to re, uh, you know, uh, engineer some of this. It has to be friendly for all the people. So those aspects come in. So I think uh, integrating all of this is the big challenge. And that is where I think a lot of our uh, most creative ideas and work needs to come in. Uh, The mango farmer is not going to be the most sophisticated guy who can do all of this nicely. So it needs to be more friendly so that they understand its benefits and work with that. So those are the, uh, I, I would say those are the challenges. Otherwise, Having one single source of data helps in all kinds of things, originality and, you know, I mean, you can imagine that it is so much more easier for uh, a Louis Vuitton or, uh, you know, a Rolex to program that originality than a mango farmer in our country, right? But how do we make it accessible to both? This is true. So then this is basically going to be like things like ABS and power steering where they started in high-end cars first and then eventually trickle down where like the, the luxuries of 30 years ago are the standards Absolutely, of today. Right? And, and hopefully Rohan much faster. Right? Fingers crossed. I think so. Yes. Yeah. The, the trickle down should happen a, a lot, lot faster in uh, three years, five years rather than in 10 years, 15 years. Right. That has happened maybe in the automobile industry. Right. I mean, uh, so uh, I think that's needed. Okay, fantastic. So just to sum up our conversation, one of the sort of issues of fragility for the internet of things currently is security for one. And also just the fact that this there's multiple versions of data just floating around in the ocean that is the internet. What blockchain can do is one, allow for greater degrees of security just because multiple nodes in the ledger are watching. And the second thing is it also can streamline certain processes by putting data at a single point or at a sort of single place that multiple people that can reference it from. The KYC was an example that you gave. And while this is something that would be great to do, it's going to require a significant amount of investing, overhauling. And also, 
I guess bringing it to a point where you can convince people that the benefits outweigh the actual cost and the pain in the butt of making it happen. And that's where we are on the Internet of Things on blockchain. Thank you so much, Vivek. This has been an extremely illuminating conversation. It's also been extremely refreshing to have a conversation about the blockchain, not directly related to Bitcoin or Ethereum. Absolutely. Especially given how the market is doing this week. I don't think any of our listeners want to look at it. No, no one look at the currency <laughs> side of things. Yeah. Today. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been great. This has been another episode of a show about crypto and we have been talking about the internet of things and blockchain. And thank you so much, Vivek. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Rohan. My pleasure. Great to talk to you. Pleasure. Have and a great your, day. And to all your listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye.